marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. Drunk marketing. All right, so last week we had our first guest interview. Yeah. And the interview itself was awesome. I think we had some great dialogue with Blake. Yep. Um, unfortunately, the audio was a little sketchy, although, like I said, I listened back. You did a really good job of editing. Not, a re- not really good as an overstatement. I did, <laughs> well, I mean, I did a job where you could hear all the words. Right, and but like, sometimes it's going to be jarring because it's like shout to whisper, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you, like, it, it started off a little rough, but then you kind of got the hang of it towards the end of the episode. Like, really, like, outside of when you could hear, like, you clicking the volume up and on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. So I think that we learned a lesson and now we've got some better ideas for future interviews which and speaking of which yeah we have a new another interviewee today uh we're really excited about it his name's aaron gittleman he's the uh, director of communication at headcount um which he'll tell you all about but they're they're an organization that uh, registers voters and just kind of elevates elevates voices i guess so um not uh, not through audio like us right yeah exactly so (laughs) Um, yeah, I was, I was elevating voices <laughs> in a totally, totally different way last week. So, um, but yeah, so we're really excited to talk to Aaron. He's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, what Headcount is, um, where they were at, where they've, where they're going, um, and a lot of the different ways that he uses marketing and PR to kind of spread their message and make sure that they're, they're getting in front of the right audiences and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Um, so last week with Blake, it was kind of like... Our our other scenario from the week prior, where we kind of set up these scenarios of like, how would you market this, uh, which kind of just worked out when right. he texted us and said like, hey, got this film, you have any ideas? And I was like, yeah, oh, that's perfect. We kind of talked about doing that on the podcast, right? Um, so we kind of just muddled through and talked through some ideas uh, for marketing the film with with Blake. But Aaron is kind of coming in from um, the angle of telling us what he does and yeah. how he is successful at marketing headcount. Um, yeah, he's probably smarter than us. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to, to learning a couple things, and we hope uh, we hope you are all are, too. So, but it should be it should be a fun one, because he's got a big personality, too. So I'm excited for everyone to meet him. I'm excited to meet him. <laughs> all right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, let's head on over to the interview. All right. So today we are here with Aaron Gittleman. He is the Director of Communications and Chief Juggalo. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> At Headcount. So, Aaron, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what Headcount is and your role there? So, Headcount is a nonpartisan nonprofit, national nonpartisan nonprofit, that uses the power of music and culture to engage Americans in our democracy. Um, In practice, that means in the field, what we are doing is we are running voter registration drives at concerts, festivals, cultural events, comic conventions, comedy shows, anywhere that there are people out to have fun, Headcount will be there. And we will be registering people to vote. We'll be sharing election information. We'll be doing whatever we can to elevate the act of voting. Um, Beyond that, we have a bunch of digital campaigns with a lot of artists, celebrity influencer partners. Um, And we we also... um, serve as the organizing arm of the live music community. We run these participation row um, activism villages at festivals and on tours that make it really easy and truly incentivize people to take actions with the participating nonprofits. So it's not just voting. It's not just headcount. It's how we can elevate everybody's voice and use music as the vehicle to make all of us active citizens. Wow. Well, that is very profound. So I guess... Our next question was, what's your mission? But I think you kind of just, just summarized that in a way. Yeah, I yeah. was going to ask how long, or um, yeah, like how long Headcount's been around? Um, so Headcount started in 2003. Our first real year was um, summer of 2004 um, in the lead up to the big 2004 election. So we started um, back in 03. 
the origin story goes that our executive director and co-founder, Andy Bernstein, at the time was a sports journalist, and he was on oh, the really? phone talking to a friend, um, and the subject of Guantanamo Bay, the torture at Guantanamo Bay. And he said, fuck, we should do something. Um, and lo and behold, he did something. He calls up his friend Mark Brownstein, the basis of the Disco Biscuits, and says, hey, I have an idea. Voter registration to concerts and music festivals. And Mark says, that's awesome. Um, and essentially, this is right after the 2000 election that was decided by several hundred votes in the state of Florida. Now, every single night that Mark Brownstein goes to work, every Disco Biscuits show he plays, he plays to a crowd larger than the difference between Al Gore and George Bush in the state of Florida. Wow. So the idea was, okay, if I just do what I'm doing already, I have this built-in audience. And if I get people, friends of mine, who are already going to go to the shows to register voters, we give them a free ticket. Um, shit, like, that will be a way that we can do a very small lift and make a very large impact. Uh, and essentially, it's, it's the idea of, okay, let's, let's incentivize action. Let's get somebody a concert ticket. They want to do some pro-social deeds. Um, and I, I like to view as a headcount as kind of like the exact crossroads between uh, a rock band's marketing street team or a festival street team and uh, grassroots activism. Hell yeah. Chelsea and I actually went to the uh, David Byrne show <clears throat> a couple months ago in Cleveland for Chelsea's birthday. And he, there's a headcount booth there. We got all pumped. I think we talked about it on the on the last on the podcast after that. But David Byrne did like his whole spiel about voting and why young people need to vote, um, and everything like that. And, and shouted out headcount. So I mean, it's really cool. I think that was your was that your first experience with headcount being at a show or anything? That David? I was aware of. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Who well, knows? yeah. Who knows? There could have been plenty of I mean, others. Two thousand three. That's, yeah, it's a long that's a long <laughs> life ago, and I was existing then. So right, <laughs> even like some festivals, I was thinking about like Comfest always had people walking around doing voter registration things like that. So I'm I'm guessing a different organization, but um, definitely been to plenty of concerts and things where that was happening. So who knows? Yeah. yeah so which, it, which festivals were you? Did you say? Oh, it's thinking about the um, Columbus Community Festival. Nice. So we've and, done. Um, we actually have a really big team in Columbus. We've done the Fashion Meets Music Festival the last couple of years. Um, I'm trying to think, what's what are the venues? Wood is Woodlands a venue? Yeah, Woodlands yeah, is a venue. venue. Comfest, okay. Comfest would have been at um, Goodale Park. Goodale Park, which I think Fashion Meets Music might have been there too. So, um, but it's a big community gathering. It's been there for years. So yeah, there's like four or five stages of music, different genres going on throughout the course of the weekend. It used to align with Pride, um, and then Pride bumped back a week and got its own Ooh. festival, as, as it should. Yeah. Um, but at the time, um, <laughs> yeah. they were blind and then kind of branched off. But yeah, it's it's an awesome festival. So Yeah, nice. If I'm in Columbus that weekend, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's you. always the, like the last weekend in June or something like that. I want to say the last full weekend in June. Yeah, that could be that could be a fun trip. We'll come down. You can you can come hang out. We'll hang out with Dave. Uh, um, I saw I saw Dave this weekend. Oh yeah, talking about people who named Dave who no one else listening to this podcast knows. What's up, Dave? What's um, up, Dave? Actually, technically it was Tuesday, Wednesday. When you see a fish show on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, it right. feels like it's a weekend. Right. Yeah, and then you had to like oddly come back to work on a Friday. <laughs> I, I I came back Thursday. I drove post show Wednesday. Um, oh, and you came back Thursday. Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah, I was I was back in this. I I did an interview at eleven a.m. Wow. Uh, having gotten home at like three thirty, I had an interview with WPIX eleven. It was the station that I grew up watching the Mets on, which was very exciting. Um, nice. But so definitely a step down from this for uh, sure. This is, this is, yeah, this is, this is the pinnacle. This is Iron <laughs> Gittleman's podcast debut. Nice. When you share this, make sure to mention that this is the pinnacle. <laughs> this is the pinnacle. Oh, pinnacle. Yeah. Pinnacle. Actually, it's a game. Parents used to play that. I think I, I, have, a, I have a deck of of pinnacle cards from my grandma when she died. Wow. Bless her heart. The Jewish grandma. Yeah, my oh, Jewish okay. grandma. Oh yeah. I don't know. Is that it? Like. I don't know. Ever does everyone play Pinnacle or just old Jewish ladies? I don't even know. So to me, it wasn't even. I don't think that was a Jewish thing. For me, like the Jewish game is mahjong. Mahjong is the uh, game that like old right. Jewish women play. If I'd like guess their game, 
I don't know how to play Mahjong, like, not on the computer. Like, Can I be fully honest? I don't know how to play it on the computer. Um, I've seen it on the computer. I played it. I struggle with technology, um, <laughs> it seems. Not the worst struggles, but, like, I'm not necessarily the best at it. Well, we pulled off the Skype call thus far, at least, so I'm proud of us. Thus far. Hopefully, you're the one um, responsible for recording. So yeah, let's get cool. back to it. Let's get back to drinking and marketing. I All right, let's do it. Deep yeah, Eddie right. mixed with um, grapefruit flavored bubbly um, sparkling water seltzer. Is um, it the grapefruit Deep Eddie? No, no, no. The Deep Eddie what? was just vodka flavored Deep Eddie. Oh, okay. Because we've done the, the vodka, the grapefruit Deep Eddie vodka with the bubbly grapefruit yeah, drink. Seltzer. Like, exactly. Um, and we're big fans of Deep Eddie. I like the lemonade, like the lemonade flavor and yeah. the grapefruit flavor both. I want to get the peach flavor, but now it's summer's yeah, it's getting, over. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be fall. We need something more fall-like. We're so, we're drinking White Claw uh, sel- dr- uh, alcoholic seltzers anyway, so we're still living oh. in the summer life. So. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So you mentioned that Headcount was founded just before the the 2004 election, and I'm sure I know you haven't been there since then. But how's it kind of like from then to now? I'm sure a lot's changed. But what were kind of some of the key growing points and and factors that led to that? Um, well, I guess the let, let, to focus on both organizationally and just in the voter registration landscape. I mean, the biggest difference is the internet. In 2004, you were not registering to vote online. Right. Um, you were registering to vote in person. And like in that capacity, what Headcount was doing in 2004 was just this service that wasn't able to be replicated, where at that point when you had to physically fill out a voter registration form to register, which is something you still have to do in a lot of states. Um, it's incredible that, that like that's it's something you still have to do. But yeah, like since then, you can register online. And our numbers have reflected that, where in 2016, we registered about twice as many people digitally as we did in the field um oh really but but beyond that as far as organizational growth um we started and we started we were founded by a member of the disco biscuits our initial board of directors had al schneer from mo um bob weir who was on our first board of directors he is still on our board of directors of the grateful dead oh yeah and organization um and in the in the subsequent 14 years, Headcount has grown. We still do every Umphreys McGee show. We still do every Government Mule show we can do. We still do every single Dead & Company Grateful Dead Bob Weir show. But we're also, at, we did Kesha tour this year. We did Kesha did a tour with Macklemore. We're doing Drake shows all up and down California. We did every single date of On The Run 2 with um, Beyonce and Jay-Z. We did Odessa tour. Uh, we did every date of GEZ tour. We're at pretty much every place that music exists. There's a headcount presence there. And it's like really incredible because I think um, for headcount to grow, and I think this is a marketing thing, to start with a tight-knit loyal community, that's our backbone. That is, I believe, why headcount was able to grow. Because in a lot of other music scenes, yeah, you want to see um, like a Beyonce or you want to see Kesha. But it's not a guarantee that if you like Beyonce, you'll also like Troy Sivan. Whereas in the, the jam band world, if you like Humphreys McGee, you probably like Government Mule and The Dead and Fish. And it kind of created this really reliable and strong stable of volunteers who are, are really the people powering our organization. Yeah. That's... Want... <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to interject with something asinine, which was one time I won Government Mule tickets um, on a radio contest and then I wasn't able to go. Wow. It's a story of my life, right? Win tickets, we can't go. What was the radio contest? I don't know. It was like a Colin. It was just like Colin to win. And I was like, fuck yeah. I was probably the only person that called in to win. And then I couldn't go. Just like when I won Hamilton tickets and couldn't go. Yeah. But we ended up in Hamilton, so it was fine. Right. So we no spoilers. Okay. (laughs) Man. and die. I have a good feeling that this Aaron Burr guy, he's got a great first name. Yeah, as as the historical person that I know you are, I'm sure you have all the spoilers. So, <laughs> listen, Hold if on. you don't have a cat named, or I w- I want to get a hamster. Well, I have a hamster, but I want a new hamster, and I want to name him Alexander Hamsterton, and then I want to get a second hamster named Aaron Fur, because <laughs> I can't have other like normal pets, but I can have hamsters. So I just want everyone to name their pets after Hamilton characters. Mm, that could be exciting. Um, can be a secret podcast in and of itself, right? <laughs> Pet names. <laughs> um, 
So let's let's dive into a little bit of the marketing of the. Of Do you like how Connor keeps us on task? Yeah, that's his job. I mean, that's that, that's why I love Connor. I just <laughs> randomly interject shit, and Connor just is like, "All right, <laughs> well, we were talking about something that's important, and let's keep going, Chelsea." So we, we were emailing back and forth, and one of the big things that you mentioned that Headcount does is on those like celebrity endorsements or influencer marketing. So can you speak to a little bit of of what you do in that space and and how it's helped you guys? I feel like it's so hard to like it. You guys have done it. You've cornered it. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like for rentware to do it, it's a little more it's I, I've struggled mightily. Can you get Kesha to wear a fire resistant uniform or yeah. maybe some high vis clothing? That <laughs> might, might cost you a little money. Um, and that's actually the one of the beautiful things about Headcount is that at the end of the day, Headcount is a music industry organization. We're not a political org. We are a music industry organization founded by musicians, and uh, musicians are the people who steer and lead our organization. So in that capacity, so much of the outreach that has happened historically is peer-to-peer. It's Mark Brownstein picking up the phone and calling his friends and saying, hey, can you do this? Um, And then beyond that, people in the industry making asks. We rarely go to handlers. But yeah, it's, and, we, and we will never pay somebody um, to, to appear in a headcount um, photo or to appear in a headcount campaign. So I guess, um, let me start a little. So our, our biggest thing is our clipboard campaign. It's right. um, the clipboard campaign. It's celebrities. It's musicians holding the clipboards our volunteers hold that read, register to vote now. Um, and essentially, that's what, that's what it is. So the idea was that, okay. We have these in the field. We have these with our teams. We're at thousands of events. Let's ask the artists at the events to take photos and use that photo as a direct call to action. Uh, and I think that is, and, and since then we've registered. And so on National Voter Registration Day, which is the last Tuesday in September, we have all of our artist partners share that with unique links um, to track how many people they registered to vote. Um, And the idea is that, okay, these direct calls, these very crystal clear, it's there, there's no question what this celebrity is asking you to do. And since this, the campaign started, I believe in 2012, we have registered about 50,000 people to vote through the um, clipboard campaign, directly through artist engagement. Um, And that's trackable. That's the ones that we can tie directly to artists on NVRD. Um, And that's, and that's like this. And so it's like, what benefits do you have from having an artist or a celebrity? And it's like the, as long as it, it, it makes sense, as long as it feels linear and connected, it's good. So like, I don't know if there's an anarchist who said vote, it might be discount. It might be di- like, di- like it might be weird. It might be discordant. It might not line up with what you believe about this person. But when it's like Bob Weir, who tells his fans to register vote holding a clipboard, it works. And, and these celebrities, these influencers, these musicians have such a, a, a tight connection with their fan bases that, yes, if Brendan from Panic at the Disco takes a photo, Panic fans are, are going to know what that means and are going to feel more connected. And there's a good chance they would have registered a vote anyway, but they might have forgotten and they might have waited until after it was too late to register. So by having these artists remind their fans to register before voter registration deadlines, we're able to make a far greater impact than if we didn't have their support. Yeah, sure. it's it's so amazing. I mean, I remember voter registration day with all the Levi's jackets. Um, and even Chelsea and I saw uh, JVN Jonathan from uh, Queer Eye. And I immediately took a screenshot and sent it to her because that was one of the shows that we, we've watched together. And I was like, look, like, you know, it's not even, it's not, only musicians it's um you know different celebrities from all walks of life so um that's that's one of my favorite things is when you guys share like a celebrity or just like holy shit like key from key and peel or <laughs> jonathan from queer eye you know it's uh because you know you the music's there obviously and that's important but it's it's so fun to see see where it branches out too so yeah. it's like not without getting like crazy political um like just, I feel like locally, I have a couple. I have two kind of social acquaintances who are running for um, an office right now in Ohio. Um, but so I've got several friends who are on the campaign trail and really trying to like push voter registration. And I see somebody like my friend Hallie who just 
was at a Starbucks one day and asked the person taking her order if she was registered to vote. And she said no. And she whipped out her phone and pretty much made this girl register to vote who was just trying to sell a cup of coffee. But, you know, she's just one person trying to do this this one little bitty thing. Um, and obviously trying to promote our candidates as well, you know, the people that, that she aligns with. But um, to be able to see that happen on a gross scale is like, I just think it's super cool. Yeah, and I love, too, that, I mean, politics aside, a celebrity or whoever, you know, if it's like stick to sports or stick to music or whatever, but just saying, hey, register to vote is so awesome because it's nonpartisan. Vote for whoever you want, but register to vote and then go do it um, is one of my one of my yeah. favorite messages. It'd be really cool if there were statistics or do you have statistics at all on, like, your registrants, people you've you've actually registered, and the people who have actually voted. So in 2016, we got our voter registration forms analyzed, and 74 percent of the people who we registered to vote and got were added to the voter rolls voted. So wow, 74 percent. Yeah. That's like a very high number. That's huge. That's unreal. America voted. Yeah, no, that's the some of the statistics <laughs> that I always do a double take, but like it's really cool. Um, and yeah, and JVN, we got JVN at Outside Lands because he was doing a comedy set at Outside Lands this year. Okay. Um, and just also, so we also had a photo of Ted Allen from the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, yeah. Um, so we had, we had a, from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, from the new Queer Eye. It was, it was very exciting. Um, and yeah, I got to shoot the photos of Ted, of um, Keegan-Michael Key, of Rachel Brosnahan, of Amber Heard, of um, Condola Rashad. Um, there are a lot more photos I've shot as well, but those were really fun. Um, actually, I'm shooting, so yeah, name dropping. I'm shooting Ted Allen at this event, um, and I'm doing it on my phone. He's I from do... Columbus, by the way. What? He's oh, from Columbus. Nice. At least he, he lived in Columbus for a while. Nice. He's, he, he lives in Brooklyn now. I have his address. I will not share his address. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, um, All right, that's fair. Because we don't know how to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, shooting, I'm shooting Ted um, on my phone on on. on portrait mode and keegan michael key watches it and looks at my phone and he just does this like look of holy shit you took that on your phone and it was like this beautiful day in central park and i got really good photos of all of them um and it was that was really cool and they all they all wore the levi's jacket and that brings another thing of like beyond just artists how how do corporations get involved because headcount we're not a poli- we're not politicians. We're not sending fundraising emails every day, three times a day. That's not our style. That's not what we do. But we have all these partnerships with corporations where it's aligned. We we do um, field activations with them, or in this case with Levi's, this was a digital activation where all of these celebrities wore these custom the futurist voting jackets that Levi's designed, and um, and they and they get they threw us some money to support our voter registration efforts, and it's really awesome. I mean, like off the top of my head, Ben and Jerry's is another brand that we've worked very closely with. Yeah. Patagonia has been longtime supporters. Um, we did stuff with Bobo's Oat Bars this year. We um, did a great partnership with Keen, Keen Hiking Shoes and Boots, um, where mm-hmm. they actually like stocked a lot of our volunteers in the in shoes so that when oh, they're wow. in the field, their feet don't hurt. Um, it was cool getting like a sponsorship. I felt like an athlete. I felt like I was like a Florida State football player. I got better <laughs> Nikes. I got Keens. It's a different demographic, but still very cool. Um, and you. something, and something that we're launching at. Um, as of taping, we have yet to launch, but as of airing, will have launched is uh, a partnership with Penguin Random House. We did book the vote this year, Ooh. and um, the tool that we're most excited for is this Mad Libs tool. The selection <laughs> Mad Libs tool. Mad Libs your way to election day. Where you can I, love, I love Mad, Mad Libs. Libs. Um, yeah, everyone, it's, nobody has negative emotions towards Mad Libs. No, I, um, still, I do Mad Libs at, like, in, like, at night. That's like one of my bedtime routines with my kids is to do Mad Libs. We do like two or three Mad Libs every night. Yes. So we've created um, a digital tool, an online tool, madlibs.headcount.org. Where you go, you click on it, you say how you're voting, and then a, a Mad Lib story pops up, and you fill it out the the nouns, the verbs, the numbers, the foods, and then also it asks you when you're gonna vote, um, where you're gonna vote, how you're gonna get to your polling place. All these questions that behavioral scientists have learned impact voting and can increase voter turnout. 
So the idea that you're doing something fun and you're also increasing the likelihood that you vote. Because if you think, if you make the active decision, what time of day am I voting? You're that much more likely to actually go and vote. Um, and this is like just such a cool project and it's such a cool tool. And like, we're really, really, really excited about it. We're, we're gonna push it out through every channel. Um, and we're, we're hopeful that a couple thousand, who knows how many people will play with it. And who knows yeah. how many people will get out Me. and vote. Yeah, you, you, you've already sold Chelsea. So yeah, I do. I love my list. One. I'm excited. I'm voting on Monday. I already decided. That oh, okay. I'm gonna, gonna go early. Yeah, I'm gonna vote early on Monday. Well, cool. So go on Mad Libs. Go on madlibs.headcount.org. It's playable. Down. You can go net right now. Play it. Say I'm gonna vote early. Create your Mad Lib. Share it on social media. Um, and it's pretty. I will. Oh yeah. I love. I'm I not gonna do it right now because Connor will get mad if I <laughs> get if I'm too distracted and not paying attention to the podcast. <laughs> but afterwards, <laughs> we're Wait. all there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Um, we talked about uh, via email that corporate social responsibility and how that's been a great marketing outlet, not only for you guys, but for, for the brands that you're partnering with too, because they're aligning themselves with a cause that, that they really believe in. And that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast too. Especially Ben and Jerry's, because we talk about them a lot as my like favorite yeah. case study for a uh, a business that has excellent corporate social responsibility who they're just doing it right in all the ways. And I love them. Yeah. And, yeah. and well, I don't I mean, even yeah. eat it. Well, I can't now cause they have almond milk ice cream. So I can, and now I can eat the, the fudge brownie ice cream again. Cause they have it with almond milk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things where it's like Ben and Jerry's from day one made the gamble that people will pay slightly more for a product that aligns with their worldview. Right, um, 50%. And, and they're they're brilliant. And actually, um, Ben and Jerry's classic music sponsorships inspired another partnership we had this year with Celestial Seasonings, where Celestial designed two different teas, Ramble on Rose and Ginseng Sullivan. Um, Ooh. That with in, in conjunction with us, with The Grateful Dead and with Fish, where we handed it out at fish shows and at bed and company shows. Um, and can I buy delicious. it online? Because I'm a big tea drinker. So yes, do we can? I can. It might wait. It might have to wait until after the election. But I can send you some of these. They're um, really good. The Ramble on Rose is caffeinated. The Ginseng Sullivan is non-caffeinated. Um, the Ramble on Rose is this beautiful cinnamon rose tea. I drink a ton of it. I drink way too not way too much of it. Um, I drink a lot of yerba mate as well. We do not have any yerba mate sponsorships yet. Um, All right, we'll, we'll put that out in the universe. Yeah, we'll put that out. <laughs> Who knows? Gayaki, if you're listening right now, you can sponsor. Reach me you can sponsor the drug marketing podcast. This random, yes, <laughs> either either us or you. I mean, you guys are probably the better choice, but you know, drug <laughs> marketing or. doesn't have any sponsors yet either. So we're so Harry's Razors. I can do a plug for Harry's Razors for Allbirds. If you're Allbirds, I use Harry's tubes. Razors. Nice. I don't use a razor. <laughs> you can't see me right now. I wonder if Connor shared any photos of me. Um, I've seen you. Did. Yeah. What? I've okay. seen pictures of you, not you perfect. personally. Yeah. But yeah, I I ordered, I was a Dollar Shave Club person and then there was a, something didn't align. I forget. They, they did not, they later changed their stance on something and they didn't align with something with me politically. And I was like one of those people that just jumped ship and, and was like, fuck off. I'm going to have Harry's now. And I started using Harry's and I haven't gone back, even though whatever stance I was pissed off about at the time, they corrected, but they still lost me as a customer. Um, Dollar Shave Club did. So yeah, but I've been a Harry's person ever since. And I, I've got just a surplus of Harry's razors, <laughs> razor blades right now, but whatever. Well, and that's, you know, that's where brands that partner with Headcount Maybe someone could look at it and say, ah, oh, liberals, music festivals. But realistically, I mean, all you're doing is registering people to vote. And it's such an awesome cause to align yourself with, um, no matter what your brand is, no matter what you stand for. It's just such a perfect, in my opinion, it's such a perfect and amazing, amazing uh, cause to align with. So, I uh, well, sorry. Oh, well, I was, I was going to kind of dive into a, a little bit of a headier topic of, uh, marketing voting and registering to vote but if you have a i have a lighter topic maybe question um i was just gonna ask what um like as the director of communications or um just in since you've been working at headcount what campaign would you say that you're what are you the most proud of is that too deep 
Um, no, I'm trying to think. That's actually really good. So I've been here now for three and a half years. Um, I'm, I, I have no clue what will happen. So I don't know there. I don't know exactly what will happen to the Mad Libs one. I'm very proud of the Mad Libs one. I mean, it's a really cool partnership. Um, I also did a This Slut Boats partnership with Amber Rose's Slut Box, which was really cool. It's a monthly subscription box that oh, Amber, I Rose, Amber I, Rose. Those might have been the first pictures of you that I was introduced Ooh. to. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, um, ooh, but. I need to archive that one on Instagram. But no, um, <laughs> that was that was a really cool partnership. But I think like the most successful one, and it was both a partnership and also like a PR strategy um, beyond that was what we did with voter registration at March for Our Lives. Um, and it was nonpartisan voter registration. We we didn't necessarily we're not telling people how to vote or what issues to care about. All we did was say, hey, here's voting. Um, but what we did was we had and we did this in the span of about two to three weeks. We had in-person voter registration at 30 March for Our Lives events across the country. And in a single day, we registered 5,000 people to vote. Um, and that was, which is a shit ton of people to register to vote in paper, on paper in a single day. Our yeah, previous, yeah our pre, in DC that day, we registered about 1,500 people. Headcount's previous voter registration event high was 1,200 over the course, course of four days in 2016 at Bonnaroo. So this was like huge astronomical numbers. But beyond that, we got incredible press coverage. Um, and I think one of the reasons why, not the singular reason, one of the reasons we got such good press coverage, and I guess this might be for drunk PR, not drunk marketing. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's all inclusive. It's, it's under the umbrella. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so drunk PR. So um, we had all of our volunteers were outfitted in these bright neon shirts. I am colorblind, so I do not know if they are green or yellow. They were somewhere between the two colors. Me um, too. So I wouldn't know either. Um, <laughs> so um, this is a thing, you guys. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's yeah. So um, these were, but they were just. It was so stark and so visual. And it was in New York and D.C. We got all of our volunteers in those shirts. So anyone at these marches was, was like the voter registration presence was that more that much more visible, which meant that all the people writing about these marches were like. Yo, there are people registering voters everywhere, which was the case. And they were like, we got to learn more. So that was like this great thing where like I would get an email saying, hey, how many people did you register to vote? And I would say, call me because if I replied in the email, that would be a footnote in the article. But if right. I could get them on the line with me, um, if I could have them, I, if I could hijack their day, and kidnap them and force them to listen to me, I can <laughs> spout enough that I'll force them to run a quote I gave them because I am incredibly quotable. Um, so <laughs> that's a quote that's right a, there. That's, like, that's <laughs> but, a quote. You got that. My, I am my, incredibly so, quotable. You know, which, it is, though. It's, I, I spin these amazing yarns of wisdom. Um, it's beautiful. So what winds up happening is I was <laughs> able to kind of leverage their vague interest in our numbers into making the story about us. And like, um, obviously like the story is about the students in the march and they were the leaders, but we were able to, we were a non-entity before. We did some press outreach. We didn't get much coverage. We got a footnote in the Time article, but we didn't get much discussion. But essentially we were able to, and I believe that it was those yellow shirts that just clear striking visibility um, that gave us all that coverage, that earned us all that coverage. Yeah, no. But I was thinking of a. You said article. Was it a New Yorker article that you sent me, Connor? Yeah, I think I said. I said, were you in the New Yorker, Aaron? I I was in the New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you were quoted, like personally. I was, quoted. I was actually one of your I threads was, of yarn. Well, well, so that actually a whole school, if you will. I was quoted in it. That also was more of like it was a um, talk of the town. So it was this like very brief profile on me it was like a snapshot of me registering voters at the gov governor's ball music festival in new york city um okay. and the reporter she followed me around um she actually gave me a ride home afterwards i don't know if that like crosses some journalistic ethical line sorry for blowing up your spot um naomi fry she's great but um <laughs> no but she she gave me a ride home um it was it was really sweet but no she followed me around and registered voters and i have a lot of lines that i use when i'm in the field um register like democracy it's better than the alternatives or are you registered at your current address somebody says yes i say fuck yeah and we do a big old high five um 
I also do this thing when it comes to getting people to sign up for um, headcount emails or election alerts from us. And I'll ask people, I'll be like, well, do you have one of those email service providers that um, charges you for every email you receive? And they look at me like I have six heads and they're like, no. And I'm like, well, so there's no downside to you signing up for this email blast. And the idea is that there's never an email service provider in 2018 that charges you for emails you receive. But the idea is to force people to think and then force people to just like think, yeah, well, I guess I'll do that. Um, another thing I'll ask is I'll ask people, do you know when your next primary election is? And nobody knows it. I don't know when my next primary election is. And once people say no, and once people have shown that they don't have a piece of information, they're that much more willing to accept whatever piece of information you are trying to give them. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and I've I've seen it in action too. It, it resonance festival a couple of years ago, and at various concerts and festivals that I've been to with you. I mean, I've I've seen it in action. It really it really works. I've I've asked a few people. I think I personally registered someone to vote at resonance, so that felt you did it. That felt that felt really good. Um, but that you kind of touched on it. But my my next question is like how you market registering to vote and and voting. I mean. You talked about in the in the Fox interview um, that I watched recently, not Fox News, but it was a local uh, Thank God. L- local New York Fox station, um, just about going to where people already are. Um, so can you kind of talk about how you how you're marketing voting and registering to vote, and you know how you're targeting that audience? Exactly. So um, I think so. The real thing is, I think everything that Headcount does before we target any audiences, we need volunteers. So I think that's the most impressive thing that we target. Um, and that's, um, okay, we have volunteers and it's a mix of paid advertising, um, influencer advertising, asking partners to share these events and just us mining our email list. We have, a, I think a 350,000 person email list now. Um, and it's us going out and us figuring out how to get volunteers places. And the key is make sure that the volunteers have a good time. And if the volunteers have a good time, they will be outgoing and they'll come back. So once we're once we figured out the places we're going to be, um, which are the concerts that we would already want to be, um, if yeah, if you want to find out, if you want to think about where you can register people to vote, think about where you live your life. That is where other people live their lives too. Nobody wants to go to the DMV. Nobody wants anything to be hard or laborious or time consuming. So if we go to where people already are, it's easy and it's simple. Um, so then. Essentially, we get there and that. And I guess there are probably two types of people we run into in the field, the people that register with us, or maybe three, three types, I would say. One are the people who, who know they want to register, and that's the easiest sale in the world. That's um, selling water to somebody dying in a desert. That's a terrible <laughs> metaphor. Um, <laughs> but um, that is not one of my yarns of wisdom. Next is um, the people who... <laughs> might not realize they need to update their address. Somebody who moves, somebody wants to vote in primaries. Um, those, that's easy. And then the, the third group are people who haven't thought about voting. And then you have to figure out how to get them to vote. And one of the simplest things is peer outreach. Very few people are alone at these events. You're usually with friends. And in all likelihood, statistically speaking, your friends are more likely to be into this than not. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, so the idea is I will leverage their friends where it's like, hey, do you want to explain how cool voting is? And oftentimes they do. And they're like, don't be a fucking idiot. Just fucking register to vote and vote. Um, and that's it's amazing. <laughs> but beyond that, it's it's very much a me listening. People are so fucking sick of being told who to vote for or how to vote. That happens all the time. You can't turn on the TV in most states. I assume you're getting hammered with it in the state of Ohio right now with your government. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Right in the um, bellwether area yeah, here, too. Yeah, where you can't even go online without being told about this. So what we do is, I'm like, people are like, who do you want me to vote for? I'm like, whoever the fuck you want to vote for. And that's just this, like, this way of presenting information and this way of presenting and asking a wholly new way where I don't, I'm not lining my pockets by them voting. I'm just gambling that more people voting will create a healthier America. Um, and I think that's really refreshing to people. I, I kind of describe it as like a, a Rubik's cube where like, yeah, I have no clue how to solve Rubik's cubes, but like, let's say somebody takes a Rubik's cube and does a couple moves for me. I might relook at that Rubik's cube and think, oh, I can solve this. We want to do that with voting where voting and, and participation in democracy is just so impenetrable, inaccessible for so many young Americans feels so foreign and so distant. How can I reframe this in a way that makes sense? I have been tell this parable, this story where um, 
I say, let me tell you about an election in the state of Colorado. This was not an election between two rich old white men who were going to lie to you. This was an election about whether an herb that grows naturally in the ground should be legal for public consumption or not. Um, I guess that was a 2012 election in Colorado, not 2014. So I, 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 I tell them, do you know about what that election was? And most of the time they're like, I know about that. It's about weed and weed got legalized. And people say voting doesn't change anything. It's really easy to point to times when voting does. And so many people are turned off by the electoral college, but the vast, vast, vast majority of elections in America are whoever gets more votes wins or their direct referendum, like the cannabis policy one in Colorado and Washington was, were, because it's two. Um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of like you flip the script and then online, it's just, this is how you remind people. Online, it's not an interaction it's, or it's not a two, two-way interaction. It's me presenting information and hoping that, they, that it resonates and hoping that whatever this reminder is excites them. So I have a question for you, just because I'm my lack of familiarity with headcount and like if you know the website and, and what tools you offer. Um, is there some kind of like your mention of living in Ohio and being bombarded with ads in one minute? Like I'm like, yeah, Richard Cordray, good job. And the next minute, like I'm like, oh, I didn't test the rape, rape kits. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm stressed. Um, I'm saying that in a jovial manner i know where i am there on that line but you know as somebody who isn't quite sure and they see that you know one minute richard cordray is this great guy who stopped dog fighting rings and is this you know he's saving america and the next minute he didn't test rape kits do you offer some kind of nonpartisan? like my favorite resource um as a voter is the our local newspaper puts out the league of women voters puts out like this very basic um guide of the candidates what they stand for you know it's all in one little insert that comes with the paper you can go online and look at it do you offer any kind of nonpartisan, like factual based like this is their like kind of something like Ballotopedia would offer at the same time. Like these are who these are the two candidates who are running. These are what they stand for. They like this. They don't like this. So you can kind of maybe take your stance there, or is it just strictly getting people to register? Um. So we we don't do any internal um rating of candidates on our website. We have um a page that says Know Your Candidates which links to about um, eight or so, eight to 10 different resources like that really span um, just different, different uh, viewpoints that help mm-hmm. people learn more about candidates. That being said, I'm a fervent believer that there is no such thing as writing nonpartisanly about candidates, which is why we do not do that, um, where there's no way to truly do that in a way that is unbiased. Everything is biased. All our journalists have certain biases and they work to counteract that in certain capacities. But um, we, we do not do that in that capacity. We do have a kind of a sister project, the Cannabis Voter Project, which um, shows where elected officials stand on seven cannabis related issues um, from commercial hemp, industrial hemp to outright legalization of recreational use. So that's kind of like a scorecard of sorts. But we won't do we don't do it. The League of Women Voters or the League of Conservation Voters does in that capacity. Um, we have a lot of tools to get people to vote on our website. But um, I would always advise just Google and read about your candidates and know these sources of news. But at the end of the day, it's read where your candidate stands on one single issue that matters to you as the jumping off point, as the starting point. Yeah, well, I, I, I personally feel the same way. I've got like two or three things that I stand very firmly on that match up to where I am in my life right now. And that's kind of what my basis is. Um, but yeah, I'm all for that. Well, and Aaron, I think you would, I'd read an article or you and I have talked maybe even about candidates speaking to young people, because obviously there's an issue with young people turning out in elections and candidates oftentimes speak about issue X, Y, Z. And then as a young person, you sit there and they're like, I don't actually care about issues X, Y, and Z. Like, why don't candidates ever speak to me? And I think you were quoted in talking about, you know, something something where, like, there's candidates, maybe, like, Cortez or someone was finally speaking to the issues of young people, and that's why he or she or whoever was doing so well. Yeah, I mean, I think that is, that is you just hit the nail on the head. And it's people, and it's beyond just um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
or right. Bernie Sanders. I think there are a lot of people on the right who are doing this as well, especially the libertarian right when it comes to speaking to tech policy mm-hmm. or speaking to young people. Um, and it's essentially like, yeah, politicians, and I'll say, I've said it before and I'll say it again, politicians are no different than you or me. They're incredibly lazy and they're terrified of losing their jobs. So they will do whatever they can as long as it's not too much work or too complicated to keep their jobs. And they gamble that young people don't vote. And that is proven true because they don't speak to young people. They don't talk about how they will improve young people's lives. The way you improve a 70-year-old's life might, in fact, not improve a 20-year-old's life. And not that the world is a zero-sum game by any means, but that, like, hey, I want to hear politicians who care about my day-to-day, who grasp my day-to-day. And we have senators on both sides of the aisle. I'll drop two names. Chuck Schumer and Lindsey Graham brag about having never sent emails, which to me is kind of disgusting. Like, <laughs> how are these people? Like, they don't... This how do you live? Like, yeah, like, I spend my entire day on a computer sending emails. How is the person regulating the internet? Not. How are they... How? Why should I care about this person who seems incapable and uninterested in just learning about the modern world? Um, and I think that's that's a problem. And when it comes to right, somebody who maybe has like a, a say in net neutrality, per se. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and beyond that, AI policy and the way that we regulate um, our cable companies that give us Internet access. And it's regulated by people who don't know the first thing about the Internet. Um, and it's bizarre. And how can we have cybersecurity? How can you possibly legislate cybersecurity? You don't know how to send an email. Um, and I think that that's that's where that when young when politicians talk about the issues that face young people about jobs, about college affordability, about technology, that's when young people vote. Um, it's pretty clear if politicians talked about the jewel in AI, my grandma would have no clue they were talking about. And she might not vote. Um, so I think that's that's a thing where where politicians don't focus on young people the ways that I wish they did. Right. I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. So, all right, we're we're almost out of time. I got I got one more question for you. So, so what does the future of headcount look like from your perspective? Um, so the future is really exciting. The future, I think, is from now until 2020. We'll we'll be registering a lot of voters. Um, we'll be doing um, just the same field stuff. We have more partners than ever. We have more creative solutions. But beyond that, Headcount's moving beyond the voting space. Um, Participation Row, the activism villages we put on at festivals. We have some really exciting ones in the books for 2019, which I can't drop it yet, but um, it'll be fun. There's there's some stuff that, um, uh, yeah, I don't even want to hint to. I might get in trouble if I talk about it, but it'll be fun. Just count us in, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll let you know. I mean, I I think that everybody everybody and their mom will know about this when it happens. and then beyond that, so it's bringing, voter, bringing participation row to as many places as we can, using the institutional knowledge we have about how to make an impact at festivals and helping other groups do that as well. And I think um, in a world where half the states make voting harder than ever before, the other half make um, registering a vote easy of automatic voter registration. But registering voters is the way it works now is not going to exist forever. So what will Headcount do? And I think a lot of that comes down to... Um, like the, the impact we can make with other nonprofits and how we can organize and elevate and fundraise and do all these things that make all these great causes accessible. I mean, Participation Row at Locken Festival, Conscious Alliance is this amazing group, Art That Feeds. They sell posters, these unique festival posters. The only way to get them is by donating canned goods. So essentially, Participation Row at Lockett and Conscious Alliance fill the Nelson County, Virginia food pantry for the entire year. And that's beautiful. That, that could and should happen in every corner of America. Wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. I think I have chills. So <laughs> um, we're, I'm so proud of, that I know you and proud of what your, your organization is doing. I, I swear we've, we've shouted out, or at least I've shouted out Headcount on a couple, couple episodes, and I really should do it, do it more often because it's something that I believe strongly in and voting and at least participating in your country and um, making a difference and making sure that your voice is heard. Um, so it's something that that really everyone should be should be standing behind. So I think I speak for both Chelsea and I when when we say thank you so much for being on our show. We we had a really good time. So and I, I hope you did too. Yeah, Likewise, yeah. I'm shaking my, my head. Yes, <laughs> my podcast it. debut. 
Yeah, That's it. and also thank you so much for giving this exclusive podcast debut from Aaron Gittleman here on yeah. Drunk Marketing. I've been doing this <laughs> naked. This is actually naked marketing. This is my new show. Wow, naked, naked marketing. PR. <laughs> it's going to be a yeah, rival that, podcast. Well, it's not a video ch- call, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's why you have to use your imagination. Yeah. Right. Oh, boy. I'll stop there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Aaron. Um, uh, we really appreciate having you on, and it was really, really great talking to you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I want to talk more, but. My pleasure. I do too. Let me come out to Canton. Yeah. Next time, next time you're in Ohio, we'll see you. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Pleasure. All right. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Wow. Well, what an amazing and insightful interview that was. I mean, Aaron, great guy, headcount, great organization, doing some really smart and awesome things in the in the marketing industry too. Yeah. So I was happy we got to we got to learn from him a little bit. He was fun. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like doing that. I was like, well, we should have that guy on again. I know. I was excited, <laughs> like pumped up, like I. Like it makes me jealous and sad that like my life just I've not done really cool things like that. Um, so good for him. Yeah. Well, that's the cool thing. Like I'm doing marketing for a company that not a lot of people outside of our industry are interested in. He's doing marketing for and communications for a nonprofit organization that's doing awesome things. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just kind of the uh, the reality, though. You know, and it's all important. It's not like what I'm doing is is it's probably less important, but it's it's all important in a way. So <laughs> <they're> ma- <laughs> your next blog post: Why renting uniforms is like registering to vote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> freaking have to get really drunk to tie all that together. Why politicians wear uniforms on the campaign trail? Yeah, exactly. They do. They pick a tie, yeah, like yep. they pick a color and align themselves with it. So I actually think that's maybe not something that you want to talk about on your work blog but i don't know that's you know that's something to mule over yeah. all right so we we just want to say thank you to aaron and uh we really appreciated having him on and we learned a lot and we hope that uh that you all did too i think you mentioned that your your head's gonna explode my head is gonna explode i'm gonna do some ad libs i'm gonna yeah. i'm doing that i'm posting it asap so right yeah as soon as those be prepared for that one heck yeah all right well that was fun so this is uh this is drunk marketing i'm chelsea i'm connor cheers cheers